Hello, church family. Thank you for joining us for another message from Res Life Holland. We hope this sermon encourages you in your walk with Jesus and empowers you to live the life God has for you. Now sit back and enjoy today's message. So as I mentioned earlier, I wanted to talk just a little bit about first fruits. Uh, We're beginning the year, and we've had a tradition here since I think 2014. So basically the entire time um, that we've been at church, we've had a tradition of each January starting with something we call Pray First. Um, We invite you guys uh, to join, and we will do a time of prayer and fasting. I said the word fasting. In the beginning of the year. Why do we do it at the beginning of the year? Deuteronomy 26.2 says that you shall take some of the first of your produce of the ground which you bring in from your land that the Lord your God gives you and you shall put it in a basket and go to the place where the Lord your God chooses to establish his name. It talks about first fruits, but it's interesting that first fruits applies to more than just money. God looked at first fruits and he even talked about Jesus's death and resurrection as being the first fruits. It says 1 Corinthians 15:20, but now Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who are asleep. He says he's the first of many who will be raised from the dead. To God, priority matters. It's interesting. God does not ask for most of your money. He asks for the first of your money. He says, I just want a part, but it's important. It's not just any part. I don't want the leftover part. I want the first part. I don't want most of it. So many people, we have this idea that like God is, God is, is, is greedy, that he, he's asking for, you know, oh yeah, the pastor's going to talk about money again. Oh my goodness. God wants my money. No. God wants your heart. And the Bible says where your treasure is, or where your heart is, there your, excuse me, I messed that one up. Where your treasure is, your heart is also. God understands that our finances are one of many things that reflect and steer our heart. And he says, I don't need all of your money. I don't need most of your money. But please, with your money, show me that I'm a priority. And we do that with Sunday. Sunday is the first day of the week. And we give worship to the Lord on Sunday, especially, not that we don't worship him on other days, but we do so many things to demonstrate priority. God wants to be first. So that's why each year at the beginning of the year, this is when we've chosen. We're going to say we're going to start off the year, right, we're not... We're not suggesting that you fast all year, that you do that. No, we're saying let's demonstrate God's priority by kicking off each year. Matthew 6.33 says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. God over and over demonstrates that when we put him as a priority, he blesses it. He blesses it. Now, Matthew 6.16 says this. It says, when you fast. Notice it didn't say if you fast. 
doesn't say should you choose to fast. It says when you fast. Do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disguise their faces to show, or disfigure, excuse me, they disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. It's interesting that he says when you fast. And there was an interaction with the disciples and some of the Pharisees that's found in Matthew 9, 14. It says, then the disciples of John came to him, asking, what well, the Pharisees to them, why do we and the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? And Jesus said to them, the attendants of the bridegroom cannot mourn as long as the bridegroom is still with them, can they? But the days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then they will fast. So Jesus' response was, Fasting is about my presence, and I'm here, so they're not fasting. But when I'm gone, they will fast. Some of you are like, maybe I should have missed church today. We're going to talk about what fasting is. Fasting, we have this idea that fasting is kind of like a kid who holds his breath to get his way. Does anybody, did anybody ever do that as a kid? Any, any breath holders or any tantrum? Yeah, we've got one over here. Sorry for pointing. I just, I was, you know, like some kids would do that. They would think, all right, if I hurt myself, then my parents will give me what I want. But that's, that's not what the Bible shows us fasting is like or is about. That's a misunderstanding. It's not a temper tantrum that we're throwing to force God to do something for us. In fact, changing, or excuse me, fasting doesn't change God. It changes us. And it's not about hurting yourself and getting God's pity. Not at all. The Bible has examples of many different types of fasts. Um, there's, you can fast just a meal. You can fast a day. Isaiah 58 is considered like the fasting chapter, and you look in there, it talks about that. And in Isaiah 58, it says um, that it is a day. So it talks about one-day fast. There are three-day fasts. There are biblical examples of 10-day fasts. There are 21-day fasts, and then there's the one that everybody thinks of when we talk about it, and that's the whopping 40-day fast that Jesus and Moses did. But we call that a supernatural fast because there is no biblical example of anyone doing a fast of that length without being called by God to do it. Okay, so I heard some, some, hallelujah, pastor's not going to ask us to do a 40-day fast. No. Now, if God asks you to do that, more power to you. That's not what we're talking about today and what we're inviting you guys to participate in. What we're going to suggest um, and, and invite you to participate in is what most people call a Daniel fast, and it's fashioned after what Daniel did in chapter 10, verse 2 and 3 in, in the book of Daniel. It says, at that time, Daniel, I, Daniel, mourned for three weeks. I ate no choice food, no meat or wine touched my lips, and I used no lotions at that time. Until at all, until the three weeks were over. So in that one, he says, I did not eat any meats 
or choice food, which would, many people would say that's, that's like sweets. So no sweets or meats. And then it says, and no lotions. Like, was he one of those weird guys that would like eat lotion? Not at all. What was he talking about? Lotions or ointments or perfumes, depending on which translation you look at. In the olden days before showers were a thing and everybody had their own hot water and a shower in there, you realize things could get a bit stinky. Lotions and perfume was about comfort and accommodation. What he said was, I'm, I'm not going to prioritize my comfort in that time. Job 23.12 says it interestingly. It says, I have not departed from the commandment of his lips. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. How many of you have noticed that your body talks to you? It has ideas, cravings, uh, sensations. It, it says, you know what? I'm in the mood for chocolate. Somebody's body just said it out loud right now. I'm in the mood for chocolate. I'm, I'm, I'm tired. I'm in the mood for this. I'm in the mood for that. And, and we have a habit of following those suggestions. And what Daniel did was he said, no, I'm, I'm not going to follow what my body says. I'm going to bring my body into submission. And I am going to prioritize the voices that I obey, that I follow. I'm going to teach. How many of you realize that sometimes your body wants something it shouldn't have? Like, sometimes those voices aren't good ideas. Sometimes it's not so much that it's a bad idea, it's just too frequent, too much. Chocolate's okay, but for breakfast, lunch, and dinner... You know, your body can, can ask for, for things that it shouldn't have. And we need to have, the Bible says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and self-control. When we fast, we are, are intentionally telling our bodies, you are not in charge. There is something more important Job put it this way. He said, I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. It's about priority. You see, if, if you just skip meals, that's a diet, not fasting. That's just a diet. What, what it needs to be is, is an intentional like replace, I am treasuring something else instead. That's why the Bible over and over says prayer and fasting, prayer and fasting, prayer and fasting. Because it's not just about, and, and I, I see that, I know that fasting and intermittent fasting is becoming a bit of a health fad. There's nothing wrong with that. But let me just say something. People who are doing intermittent fasting to watch their, their figure aren't necessarily becoming more spiritual. What we're talking about is replacing that. 
It's interesting that hunger, think about this for a second. What was one of the big motivators behind the original sin? Genesis 3, 6. And when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food. Original sin was rooted in obeying the cravings of the body. And pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some of it and ate it. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her. And he ate it. Just so that we don't blame Eve only. The Bible says Adam was right there. They were together. So what does fasting accomplish? Psalms 35, 13 says, But as for me, when they were sick, my clothing was sackcloth. I humbled myself with fasting, and my prayer would return to my own heart. Fasting humbles us, which means it brings us to a proper understanding of ourselves. Fasting is one way to humble ourselves before God, denying ourselves and our human nature to choose comfort and convenience and those cravings and reorienting our priorities towards our first love, seeking first the kingdom of God. That's why Daniel, and and he did the Daniel fast. What I'm going to encourage you guys to do is during this time, and each, each year we start on the first Sunday of the year, and we go through the third Sunday. So today is, is day one for me. Daniel chose to avoid sweets and meats, and for him, ointments, which was a comfort part of his life. We, we can do the exact same thing he did. But you don't have to do it exactly the same way. He didn't say anything about coffee. He didn't say anything about social media. He didn't say anything about a lot of things that are a part of our daily comfort lives. You can choose how to tailor your... And I suggest that you pray about it. Say, God, what would be a good choice for me? We're suggesting, most of us will follow his dietary, avoiding the sweets and meats. A lot of people add like wheats to that. So it's like avoiding the bread, the meat, and sugar. Um, some people get really down to it and they're like, you know what? Cinnamon is a, is a pleasurable, I'm not going to have anything with this and I'm going to do that and I'm not going to have too much. You know, I'm not, I'm not worried about the legalistic side of what you do or don't fast. But I want to encourage you to practice the spiritual discipline of denying your flesh intentionally to prioritize our first love and to seek a purpose. Decide on, on something. Some, some of you may have health issues that you know about that make it challenging. Then don't worry about that food. Pick something else. Nobody's going to die if they choose not to do social media for 21 days. And I'm not telling everyone that they've got to do that. I'm just saying there are so many different things. Daniel didn't limit it to just what he ate. There were other things that he could choose. So decide. Decide in advance. This is what I'm going to do. And then, here's the next question. What if I blow it? 
what if I blow it? I know, I know I tend to be like a grazer. Like I'll wander around and just grab something and, you know, stick it in my mouth. And I like to have corn nuts in my car and I'll, you know, eat some of those because like you can hardly tell when they're stale so I don't have to eat them all at once. <laughs> you know, like they're so hard and crunchy anyway. It's like, hey, I opened this last week, but it's still good. I'll have three more. But I know I've found myself where I'm like, I'm going to go on a fast. And then, you know, I'm a day into it, or two days into it, and I just reach over and, you know, my kids are eating. They're not doing it. And I just, I'm making their food and I start like, oh. It's not like I have to reset the whole, it's like, okay, you know what? I accidentally ate a corn nut. My fast has been ruined. No, as soon as I realize what I've done, I'm like, okay, stop, stop, no more corn nuts. And I'm, I, I go back. I'm, it's not a crisis. We're not legalistic, but we're understanding that we're following, we're, we're, we're teaching our body. It's like, you know what? Body, you, you snuck one in on me on that one. You, you. <laughs> but, body, I want you to understand that this is my priority right now. It's not just about avoiding the food, but oftentimes you, you can take the same time that you would have set aside preparing and eating your meal to seek the Lord. Take that time to pray. Take that time to do something for, for someone else. You know, Maybe you prepare the meal and give it to somebody else that you know would appreciate it or would need it. It humbles ourselves. Biblically and historically, we find that fasting and praying ushers in great moves of God and his presence. Just like Jesus said, he said, hey, I'm here in person right now. They're not fasting now, but when I'm gone, they will. 1 Corinthians 9.17 says, But I discipline my body, and I bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. We, we are in charge of our bodies. Our bodies should not be in charge of us. Would not Isaiah 58, I mentioned this verse before. It says, is, this, is it a fast that I have chosen, a day for a man to afflict his soul? Is it to bow down his head like a burlish and to spread out sackcloth and ashes? Would you call this a fast and an acceptable day to the Lord? A fast is often just a day. Like I said, we're doing, I'm personally fasting to begin with a full regular fast of all food, and then I'll switch over and I'll do Daniel fast for the rest of the 21 days. Acts 13.2 says, As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. One of the other purposes of a fast is to discover or clarify divine purpose or direction. Acts 13 says they fasted and then they set aside Barnabas. The Lord, the Holy Spirit said to them, this is what you should do. This is what his purpose is. Separate to me, Paul and Barnabas, for the work that I have called them.
Isaiah 58, 11, the Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your soul in drought and strengthen your bones. That's talking about during a time of fast, that he will guide us. Oftentimes, we're, we're looking to, to see and know God's direction. One of the, the ways we become, when we, when we learn how to tune out the screaming of our body, we start to recognize the voice of the Spirit within us. We start to be more in tune to what our Spirit is saying. When we shut down what we're normally listening to, it makes it easier to recognize what God is speaking to us. Also, Mark chapter 9, 28, it says, And when he had come to the house, his disciples asked him privately, Why could we not cast him out? Because they tried to cast out a demon that Jesus had cast out. And he said to them, This kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting strengthens our spirits. It's not just that that. We, we weaken our flesh, but the Bible says that our spirits are strengthened, that our spiritual potency is increased. When we are intentional about prioritizing God's place in our lives and deprioritizing what our flesh is constantly demanding, the Bible says that there are spiritual endeavors that are only possible by prayer and fasting. He cast out that demon because of that. There are some breakthroughs that will require prayer and fasting. There are some deliverance that will require it, some blessing, some places in God. Some demons are just stubborn demons. Isaiah 58, 6 says... Um, Is this not a fast I've chosen to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke? What is a yoke? Most of us, like egg yolks are the only yolks we deal with on a regular basis. But the Bible is talking about the yolks that they used to put on animals so that they would go together. A yoke would bind two oxen or two um, other animals, but usually it was the oxen at that time, that bind them together so that they couldn't be separate and everything they did was together. When it talks about breaking yokes, how many of you have ever felt like there's something that just, it seems stuck to you? Some bad habits, addictions, different things like that. Fasting helps to break the yokes. The Bible says that to undo heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, and to break every yoke. It seems there is not a yoke that is inappropriate to take on with fasting. It doesn't say break some, it says every. Isaiah 58 said, in, in, um, in the New Century Version, it says, I will tell you the kind of special day that I want. In the New International Reader's Version, it says, here's the way I want you to fast. A couple of different translations. 
talk about the sort of fast and the type of fasting. Fasting is a private discipline that has public reward. But the Bible does say, Matthew 6, 16, Moreover, when you fast, do not be like the hypocrites with a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces that they may appear to men to be fasting. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you fast, anoint your head, wash your face, so that you do not appear to men to be fasting, but to your Father who is in a secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. History tells us not only would they make, like he says there, that they disfigure their faces. You know, oh, I don't know if you noticed, but I'm fasting. Oh. History actually says they would, in different things, they would bring someone along to blow trumpets before they gave in the offering. Look who's about to give a really big gift. I'm fasting. Now, it doesn't mean that if anybody finds out that you're fasting, then the whole thing is ruined. Okay, we're, we're fasting together. And the Bible gives examples of corporate fasting. The one we just read about when they went into fasting and the Spirit told them to call out Barnabas and Paul, that was a corporate fast. In order to fast together and to all be fasting together, you kind of got to know that they're fasting. But the point is that we're not... Look at me. Hey, everybody, notice how miserable I am. Notice what I've given up to accomplish this, that, and the next thing. No. They said it's not, it's not about being recognized because that's what they thought. That was what they thought. The biggest plus to them was, you know what? Whenever I do this, everybody thinks I'm extra spiritual, so I'm going to just keep doing this. He says, you know what? If that's what you were doing it for, that's all you're going to get. If that was your goal then you're not going to accomplish something else. Because remember, it's about putting God first, not your image. Not your followers, not your your friends. It's, It's not about impressing them. This isn't a day to impress your friends. This is a day to seek the Lord. It breaks that power of performance. The Bible says it's interesting that he will reward us openly. Then verse 6 in Isaiah 58 says, Is this not the day of fasting that I have chosen? Remember, this is your choice. Let me say this. Parents, don't force your kids to fast. If you're fasting, doesn't mean, you know what, I'm not eating, you're not eating either. No. Not at all. You understand? It's not a a, a mathematical thing. You know what? If you don't eat, you're going to be more spiritual by tomorrow. That's not how fasting works. If if, if, if you're parents and you choose to have a fast, your your kids, that, that wasn't their choice. If they're old enough to make a choice where they want to prioritize God and, and choose to fast something, that's fine. But... I'm not recommending full fasts to little growing kids. 
You know, you might talk to them. Well, what could you do? What, what do you regularly crave that you might choose to give up? Uh, they might say video games. They might say, you know, ice cream. They might say, you know, sugar. I mean, if I'm not against kids participating, but it needs to be their choice. Because the power isn't in what I didn't do, it's in why I did it. So forcing your kids to, to fast, or forcing your spouse to fast, or forcing, you know what, I'm fasting, so if I'm not eating, you're not eating. That's not the point. In fact, Isaiah 58.4 says, What good is fasting when you keep on fighting and quarreling? This kind of fasting will never get you anywhere with me. How clear is that? These people thought, hey, I can fast and then just keep doing everything else the same. And he said, no, that's not it. Just going to take a moment and read a couple of those, the types of fasting. The supernatural fast we mentioned Jesus, Moses, Exodus 34 says, And Moses stayed on the mountain of the Lord for 40 days and 40 nights without eating or drinking. Now, how many of you realize that's supernatural? This is when Moses went up and was given the Ten Commandments. He went up there, and God supernaturally sustained him. That isn't something that you just like, well, I'm going to fast three days. Well, then I'm going to fast five days. And then, well, then I'm going to fast ten days. And I'm going to, you know, like wanting up your neighbor. One of my, one of my buddies, I remember, <clears throat> he, he put up a, a fancy, like his mailbox got knocked down by the plow. And so he put up this fancy wooden, like, homemade thing. And he said, it was hilarious. He says, because within a month or two, like two or three of my neighbors went and did the same thing. It's like, we can't, we can't. He's got a fancy mailbox. We got this. No, we're going to catch up. You know, like, it's like, got to keep up with the Joneses. No, that, that can't be it. We're not fasting. We're not extending it to try to, to outperform or keep up or compare with others. Forget about comparing with other people. Do what you feel God is leading you to do. And in that case, that was a supernatural fast. He did 40 days, but that's because God, how many recognize there was something special going on that month? I was going to say that day, but it was 40 days. So there was some, he was called supernaturally to do that. And I, I know people who have done 40-day fasts, but God called them to it. And they did drink. It wasn't like, <laughs> like, like his that they didn't. Then you have a normal fast which we've, we've read described in verse 7 um, of, of Isaiah 58. Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and that you bring to your house to the poor who are cast out when you see the naked that you cover them and you hide yourself from your own flesh? In that verse, they talk about, you know what? You aren't eating it, but you took the time to do something else. You replaced your, your own feeding of yourself with the feeding of others. That's typically a day that we choose ourselves. Isaiah 58, 8 says, Then your light shall break forth like the morning. 
Your healing shall spring forth speedily, and your righteousness shall go before you. It breaks bonds. It also aids in forgiving. Verse 4 in Isaiah said, What good is fasting if you keep on fighting? We read that one. Daniel fast is the third kind. We had the supernatural kind. We had the standard don't eat, and then the Daniel fast. And I talked a little bit about this already. But he avoided food, pleasant food. We think of that like bread and sugar, no meat. Instead, so we've talked about what you don't eat. So then what are you eating? You're eating fruits and vegetables. Um, Most people would still include dairy or even eggs. Some people chose not to. It wasn't listed in the scripture. It's not like, oh my goodness, I ate eggs. I have an unbiblical fast. Don't worry about it. You decide. Um, Typically, no pleasant drinks. Most people would include, like, exclude... um, you know, fancy drinks, alcohol, um, pop, you know, be simple, keep it to water or juice and water. Um, you know, fasting the, the other things. Verse 12 through 13 of Daniel 10 says, Then he said to me, Do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day, this is at the end of the fast, says, from the first day that you set your heart to understand, Notice, his fast wasn't just about what he did. It was also about how he set his heart. It says, from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard, and I have come because of your words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia, it's another term for the devil, withstood me 21 days, and behold, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, for I had been left alone there with the king of Persia. We set our heart. Let me encourage you. If you're going to take the time to fast, set your heart on what you want to understand. I have certain issues. I'm, I'm welcomed for surprises that God may send me, but I have certain issues that I have set my heart to understand. I've said, God, help me to understand this, to learn how to to act in this, these situations and what to do. Lord, give me insight and wisdom about these certain things during this time, Lord, please. And the Bible says here that the angel responded to him, from the first day you prayed and you set your heart to understand, things began to be put in motion in the spirit world. But the Bible says it wasn't instant. So we're inviting you guys to take time as a church We're going to look, if you look on our Facebook, we'll have a a daily topic for each day we'll be putting out that that we're encouraging you guys to pray. So go ahead, check our Facebook each morning. It should come out at like 6 a.m. And it will say, we have some handouts that are printed up. I think that the little uh, station on the far side there has got stuff. You can get a a list if you say, I don't know, I'm not going to do, in fact, I'm... I'm going to be off of Facebook. Great. It's also going to be on our website, and it's also going to be in a printed sheet that you can pick up back there. Like, oh, you, it's like, oh, I thought I had an out. You know, if pastor told me I have to visit Facebook every day, I'm just kidding. We, we have other ways of getting that, but you can go ahead and see and agree 
So we're asking, hey, these are some things as a group that we want to do together. We want to focus each day on different topics of prayer together. And those are things that we as a group are setting our hearts to to accomplish and to understand. But on a personal level, what is it that you want to discover, to understand? What purpose or, or, or direction do you want to have clarified? I would encourage you, write that down. Put it, put it down somewhere. Just say, you know what, God, this is, this is what I want. I want clarity with this. I want understanding of this. I need a breakthrough of this. I have this yoke that needs to be broken. This is what I'm seeking. And again, I think I, I made mention of this, but if, if you have health issues... You know, be, be sensitive to that. If you've got some health issues, you need to talk to your doctor before you fast, talk to your doctor. Find out if there's, if there's certain things that you shouldn't be fasting right now because you have low iron or low something and you need to keep that high. That's fine. It's not legalistic about which thing it is. It's about denying those unnecessary things that our body just screams about and prioritizing God. Isaiah 58, and as you, as you fast, I encourage you, remember that chapter. It mentions the following things that fasting accomplishes. It says that it loosens the bonds of wickedness, it undoes heavy burdens, it lets the oppressed go free, it breaks every yoke, Suggests to give food to the hungry. It allows people's light to break forth like the morning. It causes their health to spring forth speedily. It causes their righteousness to go before them. And it causes the glory of the Lord to be their reward. Or also their rear guard covering our back. Judges 19 even talks about the power of fasting to break addictions, sexual addictions. Job 23.12 says, I have not departed from the commandment of his lips. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. In, In the end, it really becomes a thing about priorities. We're taking a time and we're saying we're going to deprioritize what our body asks for. We're going to practice silencing that voice Whatever it is, whether that's for sugar, some people may choose to to fast caffeine, television, media, different things. Again, they're all just suggestions, but I want to encourage you. So just for a moment, would you guys close your eyes for a minute? How many of you are willing to commit to doing something with us during this 21 days? Awesome. Awesome. All right. I am excited. I am excited to see and hear about the things that are going to come through. And I want to encourage you, please, write that down. What are you setting your heart to understand? What are you seeking? Write that down. And I hope to have some testimonies at the end about 
some of the clarities that, that has come, some of the breakthroughs, some of the healings, some of the yokes that have been broken, some of the, the relationships restored, things that will happen supernaturally during this time because we set our hearts on it. I want to, as before I, before I end, we recognize this is something that we're doing to strengthen our spirit man, to draw closer to the Lord. But the first step to getting close to God is repenting of sin. The Bible says that when we confess with our mouth that Jesus died on the cross and believe in our heart that he rose from the dead, we will be saved. Saved from what? Saved from the sin that separated us from him. It says that our, our sins are forgiven. How many of you know that your sins are forgiven? If you're watching today, if you're participating, uh, I want to ask you the same thing. And if you don't know, or if you're here today and you're not sure if you're forgiven, you can know. The Bible says know that you have salvation. So I invite you to, to know, and we will together pray that prayer just like the Bible said and know that you're forgiven. Again, with your eyes closed so no one... Is, can, is being watched. But if you, that's you and you want to pray that prayer today, raise your hand. There may be someone watching us online. Let's pray together with them. Say, dear God, I believe you died on the cross for my sin. I believe that you rose from the dead, victorious over death and the devil. I give you my life and I accept your forgiveness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.